yeah. yeah. How do how do yeah, we end up here, right? Yeah, I, you know, for the life of me, I couldn't see myself ending up here, to be honest, as well, right? But yeah, we have we have to start somewhere. I know me either. I mean, yeah, I never I never thought I'd end up here. I mean, I I was a competitive shooter. All I wanted to do is be better, you know. Yeah. And then I yeah. got involved. I got involved with Project Maple Seed about seven, seven eight years ago. That. I heard about. Yeah, you're training. You're you're training uh, other other fellow shooters, right? Yeah, exactly. So there's uh, I'm I'm one of I'm one of dozens of people across Canada now. Okay. When we first started, there were five original founders, and we 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 started it up back in twenty. 2015, I guess we picked it off. That's like a yeah, that's a long and time. And then, uh, yeah, so time flies. I know. But I get, I get, I get to see a lot of Canada though, which is nice. That's great. Yeah, yeah and I get to spend a lot of time at the range. Right. Yeah. A lot, a lot of range dust. A lot of range dust in my lungs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. You guys, you guys too, right? Because you guys yeah, are always we, on the ground shooting. Yeah, we, we travel a fair bit. I mean. Our car is close to like 500,000 kilometers now. Jeez. <laughs> I mean, we, we went to uh, what the farthest we went was Bataan, right? We, we, you know, that was yeah, Felix. wow. Yeah, yeah. 2013. Worlds. Uh, so we got a little bit of the Bataan dust on our on our vehicles too. Yeah. <laughs> it's not bad. It's not a bad place to be. <laughs> yeah, they got the coal dust there. It's very black and uh, sooty and dirty. Uh, oh, is that right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So people were talking about how you got to kind of keep your bulk clean and. Uh, and yeah. so I lubricated because you know at the end of the day you can just seize up. Yeah, one of the guys actually had their trigger seize up there as well. Oh yeah, was, yeah. So I mean, different different environments. You have different uh, things to consider, obviously too. But different challenges. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But you learn. You go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fundamentals. Bring an extra. Yeah. Yep. Bring an extra everything. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You gotta have and a that, backup. That's a, backup. <laughs> yeah. Ain't that the truth? I know that. That's a challenge nowadays, though, because we're, like I said, we're entering year six, and all the new shooters are seeing all these uh, open guns and all these open shooters with their high-end chassis rifles, and they're kind of intimidated by it. And yeah. You got you got to think back, you know, like six years ago, like I said, 1022s and Savage Mark II were the hot ticket. Yeah, exactly. If, if you had a Magpul stock, you were like a hot shit. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> yeah. And now uh, it was Viper... Viper PST Gen 2 and a Bushnell DMR with a with a with a hot tickets. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's pretty wild. Things yeah, change. Yeah, yeah but like you said, fun, fundamentals are still key. If you can't exactly, if you, can't, if you can't shoot small groups up close. You're not going to shoot small groups downrange. So. Exactly, exactly. Not wild. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. But I think yeah, it's I'm, you know I'm, it's important just to, to get in. It doesn't really matter what what you got. Obviously, with good equipment, it makes it that much easier and, and a little bit more enjoyable. But uh, I, I get the guys who's getting intimidated as well. Yeah, um, but, I don't. You know, you, you, gotta, you, yeah, you got the guys who can really outshoot everybody with uh, yeah the, the off the shelf rifles as opposed to pure custom too. So yeah, the fundamentals uh, really <clears throat> do go a long way. Um, but obviously, seeing a nice rig does. Uh, you know, does uh, strike a little bit of uh, intimidation in some people. I know. Yeah. <laughs> but but when you shoot when you shoot one of those nice rigs, it's really nice though. Yeah, sure. yeah. <laughs> I'm not gonna say it's worth it, but there is a difference, you know. Oh, there's a huge difference. Just, yeah. just just how well it's planted. Oh, oh, for sure. Anyway, so we're uh why do we go why do we go live live now? Okay. So stand by. Uh one second please.
Hey, 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 welcome to the Rimfire Nation podcast. Tonight we are joined by the two brothers of Spearhead Machine who are going to educate us on on what makes their, what 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 kind of special magic sauce they put into their uh, their breaks to, to make them work so well. Uh, Kevin, Will, thanks very much for taking the time to join us. Yeah, we, we, look forward to, we look forward to digging deep into your into your brains and extracting every bit of knowledge you've got on uh, on uh, brakes and tuners. And, and right now, there's everyone's talking talking tuners and brakes. So I think you guys uh, started up your business at the right time. Thank so. you. Thanks for having us, uh, Rick. Really no worries. No worries. But before we get into that, let's uh, let's take a look at what is new at Tesro. So I don't know if anyone knows it or not, but Tesro does send out a um, a uh, a mailing every every Tuesday, conveniently enough. And uh, what's new is ammo is coming back into stock, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, apparently, based on their last email blast, they have SK Lapua coming in soon. And they say they're going to get a couple of shipments this month, starting with SK and Lapua. Uh, and if you did pre-order, they're going to contact you. And uh, once they've done that, then they'll uh, they'll have the rest up for grabs. So if you are an SK and or Lapua shooter, get your uh, credit cards cleared. Um, stack, them, stack them high because we don't know how long it's going to last. But uh, if you are an SK shooter, it looks like you're going to be in luck. Um... What else? Handgun updates. Uh, not sure if anyone knows it or not, but Tesro does uh, bring in CZ uh, custom parts for uh, for pistols, and they've also got a number of different uh, aftermarket accessory makers, IGB barrels, and Ementech uh, to uh, to tune up um, your pistols if you're lucky enough to to get some pistols. And um, coming soon, uh, I think Ely Ammo is coming in. Uh, Tesro air guns. I don't know if you guys know this or not. Also, but uh, Tesro actually got their name from the Tesro air guns that are used in uh, in uh, many different shooting disciplines, including the Olympics. So uh, stay tuned for that. And what's new in the shop? Tesro small bore rifle builds. Um, we did. Um, we did. Sorry, Tesro did uh, provide two thousand dollar off certificates. Uh, two of them for last year for the ORPS. And they've also donated a, a small ball rifle build for the um, the upcoming Rimfire Precision Paper series. Uh, we'll talk about that when we finally officially launch that. But that is a a paper bench rest bench rest at 50 at 100 meters. It's going to be prone and uh, bench. So for those that uh, don't like the physical gymnastics of PRS, uh, there is a more uh, a more uh, kinder, gentler, more uh, zen-like event where you've got 20 shots in 20 minutes um, on paper targets. So stay tuned for that. And again, they've also got CZ parts. So check out tesro.ca for all of your precision shooting needs. And without any further ado, let's get back to the Chew Brothers. Gentlemen, welcome to the Rimfire Nation podcast. Thank you so much. I know right now we're slowing down production because you guys are on the podcast instead of grinding away uh, on the Mazak behind you. Yeah, um, yeah, usually the machine would be running right now, but uh, you know, <laughs> it'll be too loud. It'll be way too loud. <laughs> yeah, we, well, have, we all have to take right, it sometime, too. There you go. Right now I'm costing you money, so I don't want to take up too much time. Right. Right. But, uh, oh, no worries. It's, it's good to be here. It's so good the, to see you, too, again, right? Yeah, it's, it's so nice. I mean, we met we met several years ago. You oh, guys, uh, we it's met like at a... 2011. 2011. Yeah. Well, at uh, 
NSCC, if anything? That's right, yeah. Yeah, way yeah. back when, so we'll go back a long time. And it was nice to, to see you guys pop up again after the the, right, the Chew Brothers rifle builds. Oh, now yeah. we're back in the Spearhead machine. So, And, you know, folks were always impressed by the, the fit and finish of, of your products back then. And um, certainly I wasn't disappointed when I saw the, the tuners and brakes you guys were, were cranking out. So uh, congrats on, on, on holding that, that, that standard, which is awesome. Yeah, and it was, uh, it was really a big privilege to be able to do work with people and uh, be involved with this industry. It's, uh, we got the great, really good uh, group of people, and you know, everybody is so passionate, and uh, it's, it's just so, such a wonderful interest. And uh, you know, that's kind of that's kind of where we stem from, you know, uh, having this, this great interest in making these products. Yeah, I guess that's that's the thing. Is like you guys are you guys are shooters and. And you know what shooters needs, and you, you guys, you know, you guys know what you what you like and what you want and what you expect. More importantly, and uh, you guys are, are still holding line on that quality and, and uh, delivering on the expectation. So thanks for doing that. For sure. so let's let's rewind. Let's rewind. Going back, how did you guys get into shooting? Oh man, so uh, growing up in the city, like in Canada, uh, well, it was like in Toronto. This is kind of when I was in elementary school. I always had a fascination with firearms. You know, like, I guess uh, so cool. See it in movies all the time. You know, just like, yeah, I want to get into this. But it never really took off until, let's say, 2007. Yeah, uh, 2007, yeah. So a friend of a friend of ours, you know, he was into uh, firearms. And he, he's got his uh, pal and, uh, and all that. And we got talking. And it was just like, whoa. You can do this? Like, where's the ranges in Toronto? What's going on? You can buy guns? It's, it's um, not as common, I would say, in our experience in the city uh, versus, let's no. just say, in some rural uh, farm fields where everybody's got a shotgun or a rifle. But, uh, yeah, going back, we said, okay, well, let's do this. Uh, how, do we, how do we get the farms license? Where do we go? Where where's the ranges? And kind of this person showed us the ropes, gave us the information, and uh, just dove right in. And the first rifle we bought was a Remington 700, you know, 5R. It's like, yeah, this is so badass. You know, it's, you just read stuff from magazines because that's kind of where everybody starts, I would think. You know, just taking it all in. It's like, yeah, this is cool. You know, and uh, signed up uh, on the on the range. Right, and, and yeah, right from there. Then you found out the Remington firearm wasn't as accurate as they portrayed it, and you wonder why. <laughs> and uh, everything kind of just spiraled down from there. So we joined the local gun club and decided to shoot. And obviously, at a local club, everybody else brings their nice toys and some you rifles. See a lot of, a lot of yeah. cool stuff. Yeah, and some rifles shoot a little bit better than others, and you wonder why it's, uh, well, why does this one shoot better, and why does, 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 why, why does this firearm doesn't shoot as good, and sometimes they're shot out of the both of the same model, uh, but, you know, what they don't, what, what we didn't know is, well, maybe one person reloaded, and we're shooting factory ammunition, so a lot of factors kind of went in, and it just uh, really piqued our interest, so at that point, we decided, well, how do we make, uh, what, what do we need to do in order to get our rifle to shooting really good? Uh, like some of the stuff, uh, some of the groups that you see at uh, Short Range Ventress, and uh, yeah, that's that's just kind of like, well. The quest for accuracy, right? You know, every 
everybody's trying to chase uh, tight groups. And we started to got talking to uh, some of these uh, club members who had really nice, fancy breaks. Again, intimidating, but you know, everybody in the club is very approachable for the most part. Um, and they'll let you even shoot their rifles. That's right. They let, they let you even shoot their rifles. And we're just like, wow, you know, this is what I'm capable of. Okay, I, I need to get myself one of these. Yeah, it's always nice when you discover you don't suck. That <laughs> yeah, so then that's the equipment variable. And we, you know, that's all. That's been our mission statement where we wanted to eliminate the equipment variable for the shooters when we're building rifles. Just to bring out everybody's true potential, you know, their full potential. Right. And, and like you said, it just makes it much more enjoyable uh, when you shoot an actor right Yeah. So a little bit down down the road uh, of shooting this in this club, uh, we decided, well, how do we make our Remington uh, 700 shoot a little bit better? We found out while people were putting in uh, match-grade barrels, they were upgrading their stocks, they're changing out the triggers, and they end up reloading to kind of rule out the variables. and. You know, we said, well, uh, how, how do we do this? Where do we go get all these parts? Um, so, you know, we, at, at that time, we approached uh, reputable gunsmiths um, and decided to uh, get ourselves a semi-custom rifle. So we put on uh, a match-grade barrel. We put on a, uh, a fiberglass composite stock to make everything a little bit more rigid and accurate. And uh, next Add thing you know... glass bedded. Yeah. That's right. Up the action, and uh, there we go. Yeah, and then now we, we decide. Well, you know what? Uh, the gun is shooting pretty good. Um, one of the other club members says, "Hey, you know what? That's a pretty good looking uh, rifle. You want to come out and uh, stretch. stretch his legs?" Uh, I'm like, "Okay, stretch his leg. What do you mean?" Uh, yeah, shoot at a thousand yards. I'm like, "You can do that." You can shoot up to a thousand yards. I mean, our local range only got uh, at most three hundred yards, and that's that's yeah. quite uh, quite nice for for uh, Toronto. In this yeah. Area. Uh, but we said, "Wow, a thousand yards! That's that's incredible." Where do you where do you go do that? And they said, "Yeah, you know, come out and join uh, this this rifle association. We get to go shoot on uh, military bases where uh, they got the ranges and templates uh, out." So we can shoot a thousand yards, and uh, we were just hooked. Yeah. We were absolutely hooked. Yeah. So that's how we kind of got into that. Um, yeah. So going back, uh, gunsmiths, kind of how we got into building rifles. Um, gunsmiths, we do good work. They're in high demand. Uh, long, long waiting list. Long waiting list. Long yeah. time. It's yeah. very normal. Uh, you're really thinking for next season. To be honest, uh, a year plus wait time is not uncommon uh, and you know but people don't like to wait and that's understandable but with quality work takes time and there's a high demand right yeah. so we said wow well we got a machining background and you said how do we how do we do this ourselves and instead of waiting instead we, of waiting right <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah so it's like okay well let's uh look into some reputable gunsmiths in the States. Uh, first, we looked in Canada, but you know, nobody was really offering uh, any courses or uh, mentoring. There yeah, there wasn't a place where you can actually go and learn. Uh, we did approach a couple uh, reputable smiths for, uh, to be right. apprentices, uh, but that didn't really uh, you know, go through because uh, they want they were retiring and they, they did value, they have other priorities, right? So we didn't really get to do that, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, so we were looking up a couple courses down in the States and uh, there was a course, uh, and we decided to go down and uh, 
took took a week's well weeks uh, worth of uh, horses and just decided, okay, well, we can you know, basically do this. Let's uh, let's try it out. Yeah. And then uh, from there, came back, uh, reviewed all the notes, uh, trial and error, and finally made our own first build and uh, went to the range, tested it, shot it, and it was fantastic. And from there, we were like, okay, well, we're working with me and uh, let's take this rig out and see how we do. That's that's what happened. Yeah, we did fairly okay, um, and then basically yeah, we have our teammates and friends, and we started doing work for them as well because uh, I guess they didn't really want to wait either, and they, they realized right. well, you know, we're, we're doing pretty good as as well, and uh, they we had the uh, the privilege of doing work for them, and then next thing you know, we're doing work for people all across Canada, and <laughs> that's uh, that basically was uh, was us. Yeah, that's. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's been, I, I still have mine. I'm, I'm pretty happy with it. It's still a tack driver. It's going to yeah. need a new barrel soon, though. <laughs> yeah, I, I wish we had the time to do that because I, I know we love, we love building rifles. It's a, it's, a, it's a labor of love, right? Yeah, it really is a passion. Yeah. It's a labor of love. But, you know, in order to do it, uh, you, you have to dedicate a lot of time to it uh, to do good work. Um, there's, yeah. no, yeah. there's no secret in building rifles. You know, just you, you hold good tolerances. You, That's it. That, that's pretty much it. Hold good tolerances, and it takes time. Yeah, you pay attention yeah. to detail, and uh, it takes time. Yeah, yeah, but, uh, that's good. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Greg. Yeah. Now, you you guys were also competing at the same time. Did you? Yes. Yeah, so, yes, that's right. So well, we're building uh, rifles for ourselves, and just a few close friends. Kind of when we first started out, Chew Brothers, uh, we were competing at the same time. Uh, and I guess when people saw that there was some success uh, with our match scores. People kind of gave us their trust, and it really is an honor to have uh, people's trust with their firearms. So we started to build the rifles for our friends, and from there, they had success, and they, they saw how well it shot, and they recommended us to their friends, and that's kind of how that took off. But yes, we were competing at the time, and that kind of also leads us to the other things. So we always think that there's two aspects. Uh, you have to get your equipment uh, variable ruled out, so you know, you try your best to get the most accurate uh, rifle system you can get. And then the other side is obviously marksmanship. You know, you have to train, you got to put in the work, the fundamentals. Yeah. Uh, so with those two variables uh, taken care of, then you can really see what you're capable of. So we were trying to figure out, well, how do we, how do we compete better? What do we need to do? Um, how do you read the wind? Uh, what do you need to do for fundamentals? And it's just a yeah. you know, nonstop learning process. I know. There's yeah. so much. There's so much there. It never so stops. You never stop learning. No. You know? Yeah. No. That's right. And you, you meet a lot of great people too. And, and, and then you start to wonder, well, how are they shooting so well? You know, what, what really sets them apart? Uh, yeah. and, those, and those things that you soon realize, well, it's not just the equipment no more. It's not just fundamental, but a lot of it is just a mental game too. Yeah, and that's that's a that's a really big part of uh, anything, you know, not just competition, but you know, we soon found out that shooting is ninety five percent mental and five percent physical, aside from the equipment. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So we, sure. we did compete. Uh, I mean, we we did uh, mostly F class. Um, I mean, we we started competing with uh, back in I think twenty two thousand and nine. Uh, 
in provincially, and then we, we were lucky enough to land on the Canadian team uh, back in, I think it was 2012, we first went to Camp Perry. Um, and then, nice. yeah, that was, that was, that was quite an experience. We, we that's actually, a holy yeah, grail. that was a holy yeah, grail. That's, yeah. that's a, that's a good place to shoot as well. It's, uh, yeah. it's a nice range. Uh, leave, yeah, leave your credit card at home though, because there's a, there's this, uh, vendor's role where you can buy oh, no. everything. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. It's, 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 uh, it's, it's nice. Yeah. I'm not sure if they do that there anymore. Yeah. Um, they might've moved it to somewhere else, but right. Camp Perry has got a long history. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, so going back on 2012, we, we shot Camp Perry, and then we drove back to shoot the Nationals in uh, in Kanaan, in Canada. And uh, I think we, we we only got two hours of sleep uh, that. Oh, that, I was about that. that. Yeah, because it was like back to back. Yeah. So we were at Perry last, uh, I guess, the night before, and we drove all the way to Kanaan to shoot the morning. That's meet the morning of. That's <laughs> crazy. That's crazy. That's, yeah, <laughs> that was tough. So, you know, we we, we shot we competitively all, all the way until 2017 uh, with the Canadian team. Um, so they had the World Championships back in uh, 2017. We did that as well. We also went uh, down to Raton in 2013. Um, so we, we were pretty involved with the Canadian F-Class team. And it's uh, it's it's nice because, you know, you, you get to learn from the best shooters across Canada. And at the same yeah. time, it's, it is a privilege to, to do work for most of these shooters as well. So I guess that also really helped us with our rifle building because a lot of the team members did entrust their rifles and uh, their equipment to us. And obviously, um, we, we, we uh, definitely make it as, as accurate as possible. Um, so that's that's basically that. Yeah. yeah, that's that's quite an accomplishment to be able to to be that that relied on and that trusted, you know, to provide their their critical equipment. Right? It's got to yeah. it's got to work well. That's right. That's amazing. Yeah, it is it is a privilege and an honor to be able to to do work. I mean, it, it's it's not just for the best shooters in Canada, but any shooter. You, you know, yeah. it's, uh, it's just their prized possession. You know? They're giving you the full trust. It is. It. Yeah. It's, yeah. It means a lot, and we treat everything as if it was our own. Yeah, and we want to make it as accurate as possible for, for everybody, um, just to bring up everybody's true potential. And uh, yeah. that's, that basically was our philosophy for Chew Brothers. So that basically was the same uh, vision that we had, and we decided to take a turn in the direction and start a spearhead machine and making these uh, muzzle brakes and tuners. Um, we, we wanted to make it as, uh, as good as possible, and yeah, sure, yeah, that's that's what, basically. When did you guys? When did you guys start up Spearhead? Uh, Spearhead was uh, founded, I think, in 2021. Okay. Yeah, so not too long. Ago. So relatively new. Yeah. Okay. So There's like a COVID, a COVID dream. I guess yeah. well, you could say that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Was... And how did you? How did you pick tuners and muzzle bricks? Uh, well, like you said, the tuners was uh, kind of taking off. Um, and that at that time, I guess. Rimfire PRS was kind of starting to take off, and uh, a lot of people were running them, and we were just thinking, well, what can we do to kind of make people's rigs more accurate? You know? Especially you can't really reload. Well, not we can't, but it's not really feasible to reload for Rimfire. No. Yeah. It's more like buying ammo lots and ammo lots and testing. When you get a good one, you buy a whole bunch. But like yeah. you said, these days, it's hard to find. You, know? yeah. you can barely find anything. So, yeah, when somebody's got it, you know, Stock up because, like you said, you stock really, up. 
You don't know. Case load. Yeah. Case load. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Seriously. That's right. So we start out with the tuners and uh, trying to make everybody's rigs as accurate as possible. So that's kind of like our mission statement. Yeah. Then uh, I guess muzzle brace was the next uh, natural, natural uh, progression. progression I'd say. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. then marriage of the two, I guess, the tuner brake combos. Yeah, they're awesome. They're so they're so beautiful to look at and to hold. Like you really don't you don't you don't really understand the tolerance until you start playing with it and just how smooth yeah. everything just, just That's fits. Right. Yeah, I know. it's uh, it's it's nice. Um, I mean, we, we always uh, try to make it look as nice as possible. It's it's like yeah. uh, jewelry for jewelry for men. If, if you there, there you go. That's it. Yeah. You just got to you just got to bottle that that perfume. Yeah. The gunpowder, right? Yeah, for sure. And some women. Right. There you go. That's right. Yeah. Can't yes. can, can be sexist. Can't forget yeah. the, the woman's shoes. Yeah, sure. Yeah, there's, there's, there's a lot. I think we had uh, over 150 women shooters last year across yeah, Canada. That's quite yeah, good. Wow. that's good. Which, yeah. which, is, which is huge. And, that you is know, huge. We have great sponsors that... Uh, Right, right, right now, Vortex is covering all all women registration for 2024. Wow, that's so, great on them. Yeah. 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 It's good. it's pretty it's good. Nice to see. It's pretty it's good. Nice so more females involved in the sport. And, yeah, yeah, and, and young shooters too. Yeah, not just yeah, for sure, exactly. Yeah, so I think it's important for the sport to grow. Um, yeah, it's it's nice seeing how how much the rim fire is taking off. Where a lot of people can be uh, involved. You see a lot of uh, family shooters as well. Enjoying these events, which is great. Yeah, no, it's it's a lot of fun. It's it's just a nice day out with friends. You, you laugh. Sometimes you laugh at them. Sometimes they laugh at you. You know, it's it's all it's all in good fun. It's all it's all good natured ribbing. You know. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. In any case, with nope. these tuners, yeah, we uh, based upon. I mean, we, we ran tuners ourselves for center fire, and I mean, tuners are not they're not new. They're not a yeah. new uh, commodity. They've been around for a long time. Short range bench resters, uh, they were using tuners a long time ago. Uh, even uh, Olympic small boards, they have tuners on their uh, blue tubes, right? right. Uh, it's just yep. that other d uh, disciplines have really uh, decided to adopt this and really see the value of, uh, of this tool where they can really yep. improve on the accuracy. So, uh, I mean, that's that's a no brainer uh, accessory to, to put on where you can definitely draw the best uh, accuracy out of it. Um, yeah. So that's that's basically that. And you know, there, there there's been a trend towards for PRS uh, to to make uh, the rifle as stable as possible. And obviously, right. most of the rimfire rigs, uh, being as light as they are, um, usually very heavy. Yeah. So obviously, making the the tuner a little bit heavier does, uh, yeah. does help, right? Yeah. Hence, that's good. Uh, hence the design and, and such. Yeah. And we've we've seen some great results from from guys who've tried it out, both rim fire and center fire. Right. And you know, I think you just gotta try it for yourself and 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 see. You gotta play with it. You know, a lot of guys will say, ah, it doesn't work. It doesn't work well. If you haven't done the homework, how could how do you know what the answer is, right? Yeah. They're just going on on internet. In, well, the guy on the internet says there's bullshit, so it's gotta be true. Yeah. So. Yeah. But I, I guess some people have to have uh, uh, proper expectations as well. I mean, you can't take. A tuner and then take a, a rifle that's shooting maybe like you know two two minute of angle make it into a half yeah. gun right yeah, yeah it does yeah. is it makes a, a good low better uh, 
but it's yeah. not going to make a bad little shoot good. So it can make it a little bit better, but it's not going to, uh, you know, take a two minute down to like a half minute. So maybe that's the kind of mindset that people have. And it's like, well, they think it's some sort of a magic uh, equipment, but I guess yes. they do have to get their, uh, set their expectations properly too. Yeah. It does help. It does change yeah. the number. If your group is so wide, it may be very hard to, to see the change. Right. Yeah, that's true. It's not. It's not a magic wand, right? It, no, it makes not. good things better. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. So according to uh, when good. people have difficulty, uh, they say that the tuners don't work. Um, there is also some merit to that too, because not all tuners are the same, and uh, they could have a really, really stiff, heavy profile barrel, uh, and maybe the yeah. tuner they're using might not be heavy enough. So right. the reason why people go with like thick, heavy barrels is to control that barrel width. And it uh, makes the rifle more accurate because your barrel's not whipping uh, as you're shooting. And that's yeah. what creates those uh, wide, big groups. Uh, yeah. For the, most, for the most part. But, you know, so let's just say if you have a really thick, heavy profile barrel, you put on a tuner, it might not change the weight as much to change the width, I guess, the harmonics. So they can yeah. get, well, this is not working. Whereas somebody who has like a pencil barrel, they put on a tuner and, you know, there's some significant weight differences. Now right. you're really changing the, uh, the harmonics or the width of the barrel that much easier. Right. You might have to adjust it a little bit more in order to make the change of uh, the frequency or the, right. the harmonics of the barrel or to see, see it on paper. Yeah, and that's a good point. Yeah, because I, I don't think I don't think everyone understands exactly how a tuner works. That's right. You know, they see it on the end. They, they they treat it like it's a suppressor, or you know, is it is it working on the gases? It's not. It's working on the the barrel whip and and the harmonics. Correct. Yeah, everybody's set up. Everybody's uh, rig is different. Their rifle systems are different. They're running different profile barrels, different lengths, uh, different weight uh, for tuners. Uh, some will work uh, for their applications. Some won't. But that's also kind of what lead us to make our tuners so heavy because we know that right. with enough weight at the end, you're going to see a difference even on those thick, heavy profile barrels. So that was another uh, design <laughs> yeah. aspect of why we made it so heavy. Yeah, I mean from our yeah. own uh, from our own rigs, we had uh, tried other tuners uh, as well. It was a long time ago. And one of them only weighed about four ounces, and we were adjusting off our center fires during our competition days, and we say, hey, you know, this, uh, this is not really working. Uh, but then we bought another tuner that weighed about seven seven ounces. Uh, we threw it on, and it's like, whoa, wow. It started, it's, to, it do started to do something. The right. point of impact nice. uh, was uh, completely changed. The point uh, the groups narrowed, and uh, basically it's, you can see it on paper. As yeah, you, you start to adjust. see the sine wave uh, as you right. continue to shoot. Yeah. Whereas the lighter one didn't really produce that. And, didn't change anything. Yeah. Right. Are, 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 are tuners common in F-Class? Uh, they're starting to be now. Um, yeah. I think they're, yeah, they're, they're, they're pretty common. I mean, some of the best top shooters, they, they are running tuners as well. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think, I think uh, they're definitely more, more popular. Maybe like one in three uh, at the time when we were competing. I don't know what it is now because uh, I haven't been out of range for so long. It's all just product testing. But uh, yeah, mm -hmm. back when we were competing 2017, maybe like one in three uh, F class okay. tuners. Yeah. 
Yeah, and they wouldn't put it on if they thought it screwed it up, right? Or if it didn't do yeah. anything. Of course. Yeah. yeah. Actually, we ran. We yeah. ran yeah, we ran tutors uh, yeah. for for our own uh, rigs as well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. F class guys are the pickiest people on the planet. <laughs> I think all shooters are, are like that. Yeah. <laughs> In the pursuit of yeah. accuracy, right? Yeah. 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 You're, you're, yeah. It's all about the thousands of an inch that you guys are dealing. With. <laughs> yeah. That's good. That's right. Perfect. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's been great. I mean, we love we love the tuners. They they, they work. Thanks. I mean, people just have to put the effort in and, and understand exactly how it works. And, yeah. and again, find out for yourself. You know, don't don't trust what what your buddy told you. Right. you know, unless you've tried it, you don't know it's not going to work for you. Yeah. That's that's the big thing. And whether it's worth it or not, that's entirely up to you. But if you look at a, what a brick of ammo costs. And again. Like you said, you know, if you're shooting four MOA groups, it's not going to get you down a sub MOA group exactly. by just putting a tuner on. Yeah, the, the accuracy has to be has to be there from the beginning. So, for sure, the potential anyway. For sure, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. but it's just also and then so. No, so I was just getting into the 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 brakes and the design of the brake and modeling the brake and you know. You know, I would just I would just take a tube and drill holes in it and think that's a break, but that's not that simple, is it? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, you, you see some really uh, simple tuners, which, as long as it works. Simple breaks. Simple breaks? Yeah. I'm oh, sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. Uh, yeah, so uh, you see some of the really, uh, your traditional designs, it's just a few slots, uh, some drill holes. Uh, and, you know, for the most part, they work good. Uh, but, like you said, Muzzle brakes, uh, there's just so many of them out there, uh, and uh, the design, it just, one thing changes one thing, and the other thing changes the other things, uh, and really, it's like a learning process, so there was a lot of um, R&D and engineering, and figuring it out, okay, well, if we change the, uh, the angles and the ports, what does that do? Uh, if we put this uh, hole here, what does that do? And it's just... We have the luck, uh, I guess, the privilege to machine something, test it. Okay, machine something else, test it, and uh, from there it was just, okay, this is working, this is not working, this does this, uh, and this port does that, and uh, yeah, just a lot of product testing and figuring out what we want the break to do. Yeah, it's yeah. it's hard to have a break to to do everything. You know, some some guys yeah. want uh, you know the, the most recoil, but but some guys don't want the concussion, you know, but some guys want uh, a More lot of downforce. Down you know, there was one of those tests where we actually uh, drilled the holes on the top uh, quite big, and uh, there was so much downforce that it caused the barrel to bounce. Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, we were shooting off a bipod, and it was so much bounce and whip on the barrel yeah. that the whole, the whole system jumped up. We said, That's oh, wild. Oh, we can't, too much. Too, too, too much. much. Too much. Too much. So it's it's hard too to strike much. a balance uh, with, with, with the muzzle brake design, and not just that. Especially you got people shooting different cartridges, and uh, yeah. so the, the brake may work very well for say like a six five cream war, but when you put in yeah. WSM, there's significantly more gases that's involved. Yeah. So you know it's it's hard to strike that balance. But we, yeah. uh, we, when we first designed our brake, we, we try to strike that down so that it's it's comfortable for everybody. But we're soon realizing that you know certain people have certain shooting styles or certain preferences towards certain styles of muzzle brakes. 
So we are we are coming out with different muscle breaks in order to address those address those uh, different shoes yeah. that everybody has. I just, I just want my scope to, my reticle to stay on target. That's all I want. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, some guys will shoot the PRS free recoil. Uh, some guys will shoulder yeah. a little bit. You know, some guys will do a hard hold. Uh, you know, every application, every shooter is, has a different style. And, you know, the important thing is you find a muzzle brake that suits you uh, and your shooting style. Yeah. Whereas some, somebody is shooting free recoil, well, you don't want a uh, muzzle brake that has too much downforce. Uh, you wouldn't see your uh, your shots. You can't see your exactly. face. Uh, it takes a long time to get your sight picture back. Whereas somebody who's doing a hard hold or you know just a, a little light shouldering, you know maybe they can look into a break that um, has a little bit more downforce. Um, yeah, so it really depends on your shooting style, your application. Yeah, if you're comfortable with. Um, like, I guess uh, some of the back blast. Some of the back blast. Yeah. Uh, let's say you yeah. shoot through like a tunnel or like a, a big pail and it's uh, reverberating. You know, some yeah. guys they don't want the back blast. It, 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 the important thing is you, you find a muzzle brake that suits you. you know? And like yeah. I was saying, we're trying to design um, the brake to have a really good balance of everything. But you know, you, you can't expect to have like a, a minivan that goes like super fast or a sports car that seats seven and you want to tow it yeah. you know it just <laughs> yeah different applications uh for different yeah. designs right but you know it, it just takes takes cubic dollars you can have it but it's it's gonna cost you it's gonna yeah. take a while yeah. that's right that's right it's not a mass market i guess what people want then is the ability to select kind of like a like a golf bag right they, yeah. they, they need like yes, 12 different right. clubs in there Oh, yeah. 12 different break depending yeah. on what they feel like doing. <laughs> oh, yeah, so that, that's, that's a very good point. In, in the F class at that point, uh, at one point, it was kind of like that. It's like, okay, for short ranges, I'm going to take out my 6BR. And for the long ranges, I'm going to take out my 284. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's, man. That's yeah. Right. yeah. But, that, but that's the reality. There's, there comes a point where, depending on the terrain, you know, I want, like, here we've got the the twenty two hundred, which is field match, where you, you carry everything with you. So I'm not lugging around my my twenty two pound, you know, rifle in the full ACC with internal and external weights. I'm I'm going yeah. carbon, you oh, know, carbon, carbon, carbon. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, lots, that's wild. lots of considerations. Yeah. <laughs> now, are you guys are you guys selling in the states also, or just Canada for now? Yeah, we sell worldwide, um, but. Yeah. Okay. Definitely, uh, we sell worldwide, but uh, we definitely have a little bit more of a network in Canada. Uh, but we're definitely yeah. as well. We, we got a couple, uh, I think, uh, one international dealer right right now out in France, which nice. is yeah. Uh, so very very happy about that. Yeah. No, it's, it's a it's a it's a cool product. Thank you. No, I think Yannick is doing some testing right now. Yes. Yannick Sabalov is one of one of the top shooters, center fire and rim fire. Such, such a nice guy too. Yes, I know. Very, very nice. And he was—he was telling me about this gigantic database that he's collecting. I don't know how many rounds they put through, but they put through a lot of rounds. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I saw his um, Facebook picture, um, and he posted all the breaks that he had. And I don't—I didn't even know how much he had. It was just a huge stack. It must have been like 30, 40 or something like that. Uh, potentially. That's more. crazy. Yeah. Yeah, what dedication! Eh? But yeah, we're pretty lucky to have that uh, 
database and we can't really wait to see what's uh, what what the results are. Yeah, we do yeah. have uh, we do have our new uh, muzzle brake that he's also testing as well. So we're, oh yeah, yeah, we're, we're pretty uh, we're, we're pretty excited to see what uh, what the results will, will be as well. Is, is that that's that's not available yet? Not yet. Yeah, that's uh, that's yeah. coming out. So we have our yeah so that's that's this guy right here it's going to be the five port okay to our um, flagship right now nice. yes. so here's here's our traditional four port okay. and here's the, yeah. Uh, the five yeah is that, is that for the same caliber or bigger caliber uh well it's it's the same caliber right now actually okay. no, this one no, sorry this one's uh this one's a 338 <laughs> yeah. this one's a six really yeah, yeah. really <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's <awesome. laughs> yeah. So that's, that's crazy. Sizes, yeah. yeah, yeah, no, yeah. no kidding. And, and, that's and, awesome. for the and for the really big boomers, uh, we have our ER break. So <laughs> that's awesome. Like, one, one I want, I want, I want, yeah, I want that. I want that for my twenty-two. <laughs> yeah. oh. if, you put on, if you put on three quarters by twenty-four, you, you can put it on your twenty-two. There you go. All you need, it's just like working on hot rods. All you need is the right adapter. Yeah? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Ain't that the truth? Oh, man. Yeah. So we're, we're pretty excited about that uh, to see the results. Yeah. Nice. Oh, yeah. Nice. You guys, you guys get out to shoot at all? Or just? Uh, mostly right now it's not just as much product development. Product development. Testing. testing, yeah. Um, they definitely do need some range time, but uh, it's hard to find time. Yeah, uh, just like you, just trying to strike a balance. Yeah, trying to juggle all aspects. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I did go to two rimfire matches. Uh, I think last last year or, or the year before that. Uh, so yeah, that was that was pretty fun. Yeah, nice. And that's, that's actually good. that's actually how I met Yannick too. <laughs> yeah, I oh yeah, there you yeah. go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> squad. Yeah. Yeah, there's so many nice guys though. It's, I know. It's, you meet the greatest people. I know it's so much fun. Oh, it just yeah. it just laughs. That's you got you yeah. to you got to find you got to find a squad that laughs all the time. Oh yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, so that's kind of the thing we we, we talk to our uh, old friends that we used to shoot with uh, on the range or compete with. Um, it's not so much the shooting that I miss, but I really miss the camaraderie and the friendship and, and yeah. the brotherhood. It's yeah, that's what I miss the most. Yeah. Well, you're hopefully we'll well once 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 everything gets big enough that you can. Uh, you can hire people to do all the heavy lifting. You guys can can go into the marketing department, you know? <laughs> yeah, for sure. There you go. Yeah, sure. Or, uh, yeah. Chief, yeah, chief marketing officer there. CM, CMO. Yeah, public public relations. You got to enjoy. I mean, that's, that's the goal, right? You got to find a way to, 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 like, I'm still waiting for it. It's been like six years. I thought maybe maybe this is the year I get to shoot more and, and match direct less, but no. Yeah. I I just uh, there's there's always stuff to get done and and uh, this year we're we're doing more educational stuff. Yeah. And uh, all, all all the educational stuff is all covered by our sponsors. So oh, wow. the the people people participating don't have to pay a, a dime. Oh, and wow. it's all That's it's all based on our based on all our fundraising and you know so Cabela's is in there, Vortex is in there, um, uh, Tesro's in there. So we we got a couple of we have, we have many great sponsors that are kind of helping Canadians get out there. And, yeah, get better and, and develop the same love for the sport as, as we did, as we do. So. Yeah, that, that's really great on the, these companies to uh, you know, support the shooters and bring them into the sport. Yeah. And uh, 
Oh, sure. Yeah. It's, it's great. It's a great sport. Yeah. And we try to lend our support to local matches and matches all across Canada as well. Yeah, no, you guys have been you guys have been great. I mean, every everyone everyone knows the name. It's like, oh man, this is so good. Oh. <laughs> Thank you. Everybody, everybody's waiting to put their hands on it. When you put it on, you put it on the table. People start playing with it. It's like, oh, <laughs> this, this this looks so good. It's just yeah. they just like turning that 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 uh, that barrel nut. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's it's, it's so gratifying to hear hear back that uh, you know the product makes such a difference in people's uh, shooting and. It's, it's, it's very gratifying, and we're, we're very lucky and privileged to, to be able to be a part of that. Yeah, and now we're, 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 we're glad you guys are, are are back in the game. Not that you ever left, but now you're, you're, you're here. And, yeah, you're, yeah you're, in the front, you're on the front end of, of things now. You're on the back end. That's right. Yeah. That's, that's wild. No, that's good. Yeah. What, so what, what's what's coming up for you guys? Any uh, oh, you got that new break coming out? And... Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's that's the focus right now. So we're currently machining a whole batch of those and uh, getting it ready to get uh, black nitrite. Um, okay. So I think well, we'll be releasing that shortly. Uh, I, I think it's a fitting time as well as the Ag's also doing the test. Um, there we go. Yeah, so we got the ELR project done. Uh, we have the new muzzle break coming out as well. Um, and I think uh, maybe it's a smaller version yeah. for the hunters. For the hunters, uh, we, we've been having okay. a, a lot of requests for, for that as well. Uh, a couple couple gunsmiths also approached us to uh, to make something for the hunting rigs uh, as well. So, nice. Uh, we definitely do want to make a smaller version of our rigs uh, for for the hunters and the guys out there who prefer a sneaker profile uh, muzzle break. Uh, so that's definitely in the works. Um, right. So that's that's kind of what's what's happening now, yeah. But it's it's tough to kind of figure out all the designs cool. and everything. It's uh, there's a lot of constraints too, uh, oh, and obviously you, yeah. you, want to, you want to strike a balance between what uh, what everybody wants as well. Uh, and I'll obviously come out with something that's uh, very very um, I guess uh, appealing as well. I mean, it's cosmetically it's, it's got to look good too. I mean, you got. Yeah. You got muzzle brakes out there, which is uh, very, very effective, but you know it's uh, it's, it's ugly, ugly as sin, and nobody really puts it on, right? So yeah, it's, yeah, uh, not only it. does it have to perform good, it also has to look good. So that's uh, that's yeah. the tricky part to to get the, the right balance between uh, the form factor and also the uh, the functionality as well. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah, we try to make it as good as possible and make it look. Uh, Good and uh, appealing as well, uh, but also uh, very effective too. So that's yeah. that's going to be a trick. So a lot, a lot of testing, a lot of back and forth again uh, at the uh, test facility. Uh, yeah. yeah, no, it's finalize on the design. It's, yeah. So that's, that's that's a hard part. You guys have to have so many different models, all the different yeah thread yeah. thread options, out, threading options out there. That's right. Yes. So, yeah, I mean we had so many iterations. Uh, we we have you know. Uh, Variations that never really saw the, never really uh, came to fruition. I mean, no, so into market, uh, they, they were they came to fruition for testing, but you know they, yeah, it's it just wasn't exactly what we like. Uh, so there's yeah, there's we weren't uh, we, we didn't think that it was good enough. It could be better. So yeah. back to the drawing board, <laughs> back to uh, redesigning. Yeah. So what what's the development time for? 
for from an idea to prototype is that like weeks months days yeah from, from concept to product in hand oh my goodness it's uh well it's if i have to give an estimate well, five months yeah probably four five, five months. months so the elr break that's actually pretty fast yeah. yeah so let's just say the elr break i mean we're, we're just a two two-man team right so yeah. we have to put on different hats and, and everything so the elr break i think i was prototyping that back in september Okay. And uh, we didn't really get it ready to be released until, I guess, I think it was just about two or three weeks ago yeah. we just released that. Yeah, two or three weeks ago. Yeah, so about four or five months. So it does take a lot of time to, to develop and also to test and a lot of going back and forth. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, that does take a long time. I bet. I yeah, wish it was I quicker. I, yeah. I know. If if you could figure out how to three D print something, yeah, 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 that would that would be the answer. That would be a lot but, easier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah. You, you need a three a printer farm. I know. Uh, Isn't that wild? That is wild, man. Yeah. yeah. No. I think that'll That's be awesome. the way of the future. Three D printed everything. <laughs> yeah. Okay, you don't have to worry about setup. Yeah, and I, and I and I look at. Yeah, just 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 send the send the print file out. Yeah, you're done. <laughs> just uh, click and print. You know, don't have to worry about your speeds and fees, rigidity, work holding, <laughs> clearances. Know, right? Oh my goodness! Yeah, yeah. this goes on and on. Yeah. I know. Well, we're we're glad you guys put the effort in. But you know, keep, again, a lot of people don't realize you know what it, what it takes to to build yeah. to, to create a product. I mean, there's a giant, giant CNC behind you. Yeah. All yeah. it does is, is turn turn expensive chunks of metal into smaller chunks of metal, right? That's right. That's, that's right. Yeah. That's right. It's not just push pushing a button, right? That's yeah. That's the yeah. ultimate result at the end of uh, at the end of the day. But to arrive at that point does take a uh, quite involved. I mean, you know, you gotta have a concept first, then to visualize yeah. that and draw it out on a CAD a CAD file, right? Uh, then you got to make sure that all the uh, all the uh, the dimensions are correct and everything will interface correctly. Um, then you have to machine it. Well, you have to cam it out, right? Uh, put the yeah. the tool paths and make sure that you have the proper tools to make all the cuts that you actually model. You know, certain geometries don't really allow for that, unfortunately, because there's some limitations with machining, uh, work coding, yeah. rigidity as well. So a lot of that goes into it. Then when you actually start machining it, then you find out, well, you know, you may not have the right speed and feed. You know, it, uh, it might have chattered a little bit here and there. And, uh, yeah. and then a lot of going back to the table and a lot of adjustments. Um, and then at the end, at the end when, you still, when you finally have a, a clock in your hand, you went to go test it out and you realize, oh, well, this isn't really good. So it's back, to, oh, square back to square one all over again. <laughs> yeah. That's... That, that's part of the, the, the pain and the pleasure, right? Because when you yeah. get it right, it's like, oh, finally. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's it. That's awesome. Yeah, so so all, of, all of your, so all, all of the, so your uh, black nitriding is done locally as well? Uh, yeah. Well, uh, locally as well. Uh, everything's done in Canada. You know, yeah. So we, okay. we source all our metals from, from Ontario, from Canada. And we, we machine it right here. Uh, all of the nitriding is also done in Canada as well. Okay. Uh, a couple of different vendors, uh, depending on uh, if they're busy or not. I mean, you know, some guys right. will take uh, 
months to do it. Some guys will do it three days later. But at the end of the day, okay. you know, it's uh, it's about the quality and the finish as well. I mean, we wish we can uh, do the night riding ourselves, but we don't really have the facility to do that. Yeah. Uh, so that's the only thing that we have to outsource. Right. But everything else is all done in house. Yeah, you don't you don't also work with those chemicals, man. It's it's yeah. <laughs> it's not a long term. It's not a long term. Uh, long term longevity there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can. Uh, there's other cool. finishing methods too. I mean, you can seracol, but it's very, very involved and uh, intensive, labor intensive. Yeah, it's all done by yeah. hand. Yeah, it's it's hard to do large batches as well. I mean, we use the seracol ourselves too. It's all in the preparation. Yeah. 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 And it's and it's speed also. It's that's it's, right. That's right. Yeah. It's fair. It's fairly foolproof if if you if, yeah. you, if you prep it right. That's right. So. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Hey guys. Appreciate the uh, taking the time out of your lives to, to enlighten us on muzzle muzzle brakes and and tuners. It's been it's been good uh, talking to you guys. I'm, I miss I miss hanging out with you guys, man. I know. We got we got to find an event that we can hang out. Yeah, absolutely. That's right. Yeah. Well, when when are you gonna are you doing any local matches uh, around here or in Ontario? Uh, probably uh, probably April April May timeframe is when we're we're thinking of driving by. I'll, I'll give you a heads up when I'm uh, when I'm headed out your way. That sounds good. Yeah, awesome. Maybe grab a bite and yeah, you can you can show me the the giant E E L R brakes oh, you're making yeah. for. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Super. Thanks. Thanks again, guys. Congratulations on uh, on the successful uh, business so far. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Thank well, you. We, we try to grow. Yeah. That's it. All right. Thanks, everybody. See you guys on the firing line. Take it easy. Thank you.